Hi, I'm Bekupin, and you're listening to Who is the Filipino? Hi, on Who is the Filipino, we attempt to answer a short but very complicated question. Who is the Filipino? Very direct to the point yung tanong natin. So our guest for today, I feel like he has a lot to say um, about being a Filipino, um, becoming a Filipino. I don't know. Ang daming verbs na pwedeng it dun. So he's a singer, he's a songwriter, and you might recognize him from a little show called Idol Philippines. Baka lang, baka lang, familiar siya sa inyo. Um, please welcome to the podcast, Miguel Odron. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. I'm a little nervous, pero... There's no need to be nervous. Like, mga libo-libo lang naman nakikinig. Okay, so from, let's start from the beginning. So how did you fall into music? Is that even the right word? Did you fall into music or did it find um, No, you? I was sort of thrown into it. So my parents, my mom, um, she put me in uh, piano lessons when I okay. was eight years old. And as, as parents do? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, typical Filipino mom. <laughs> and um, she, I, I really hated it. I hated piano you lessons. You hated the piano? Yeah, it took me like a long time to fall in love with it. And then once I did, it was just sort of, um, I just knew that that was it for me. When did you yeah. start singing though? Singing, uh, singing was a completely different thing. So I started uh, writing songs when I was about 12 or 13 years old. 12. And singing was sort of just... It was something that I had to, it, w- it just came as a result of songwriting. So it wasn't like I ever like aspired to be a singer. It was just, I had to sing because I was writing my own songs. Right. And then I started, um, where was I? I was in a band room. Mm-hmm. I was in a band room in my high school. It was the very last day of class. And then uh, I was hanging out with this girl named Victoria. And Hi, Victoria. <laughs> shout out to Victoria. <laughs> and um, we were just jamming out and I was singing, I think I was singing, um, what's, that, what's that song? Um, when I see your smile, tears run down. I know that? that. Yes. Um, your guardian yeah, angel. Yeah, your guardian angel. Oh your guardian god. angel. Nostalgia. Oh my god. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was singing that song, and then and then she she was just looking at me because I noticed that she was being really quiet. I was like, "What's up, Victoria? <laughs> what's what's going on?" And she looked at me. and She was like, "You have the voice of an angel." <laughs> Wait, prior to this, you didn't realize that you had a good singing voice. Yeah, no, I didn't. Oh. I didn't. I had no idea. Oh. And so, like, that was kind of the first time that anybody sort of gave me permission to say to myself, oh, this is something that, you know, you could be good at if you worked at it. How old were you then? I was about 14 or 15, I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, at 12 or 13, you were writing songs. Yeah. How, how did it even start? Like, did you just, like, one day wake up and you're like, you know, I have something to say. I'm just going to uh, write it down. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of ideas when I was a kid. But for me, I, I think it started from poetry. And then naturally, because I was playing instruments, it just sort of meshed together and turned into songs. What did you write about at 12 and 13? I don't know. It, Are they things that you refuse to talk about now? Or? No, I mean, not really. <laughs> but it was just it was just sort of like, because I had no experiences with life. You know, I mean, you're 11, 12 years old. But just whatever ideas you have about love and whatever, right. you know, like, you know, I love you, sunshine and rainbows and, you know, typical <laughs> and other things that 12-year-olds yeah, think about. Yeah. Okay. What, okay, so so you, you go back to that moment with Victoria, yeah. who first told you that, damn, you can sing. Mm-hmm. How how did it go from there? Like, did you take classes? Did you start singing seriously? Or did you start taking yourself seriously as a singer? No, I didn't really, I didn't really take um, any classes, but I did join, I joined choir in school, which oh. is, I mean, it's not very formal, but it's, <laughs> 
you know, it's just something to sort of like get me, get my feet wet. But I, I think on a personal level, yeah, I started taking singing seriously because the guy that my mom uh, was dating and is still dating uh, was a really big shot drummer in like the 60s and 70s. Ooh. He played for people like Marvin Gaye, Aretha Franklin, uh, George Michael, Natalie Cole. So like the fact that I had this really talented musician in our house made it more realistic for me to want to develop my own skills and be like, okay, right. this is something that I could do. Right. So on a personal level, I did I did start taking it more seriously. Right. And because I was writing my own songs, mm -hmm. and they were so, you know, I mean, when you write your own song, it's a very personal experience. Right. And you want to be the one to be able to relay that experience. You right. don't want to, I mean, I don't know. Like, I know there are some songwriters that, like, they'll write a song and they'll feel perfectly comfortable with giving it to somebody else. But for me, it's always mm. been, it has to come from me. I have to be the one to be able to express I that. I have to ask, though, like, is, it, yeah. is there ever a moment where you're like, oh my God, this is too, this is like my soul. This is my, I'm burying my soul yeah. to like millions of listeners potentially. Because once you release it on Spotify yeah. or wherever, right? Like, anyone can listen to it. Yeah. Is, is there ever a sense of fear? Like, oh my God, wait long. This is super personal, or this is... You know, I think there used to be, but then I think once you're a little more developed, like you start to realize that no matter how personal it feels to you, there is somebody out there that can relate to it on some level. It's not just your story. It's also somebody else's story on some level, even yeah. if it's a completely different interpretation to how you see the song. Somebody can relate to it on some level. So right. um, I started looking at my songs less... At least once they're released and once they're out in the world, I started looking at them less as my story and more, you know, just a lens for how people can see themselves, like a mirror to yeah. whatever experience. It's almost like you're le like once you release it, you have to literally let it go. Yeah, that's how I. That's how. I, and I, I have such a gripe about artists that, for example, like if you write a song and somebody else covers the mm -hmm. song and they interpret it in a different way, yeah. they do all sorts of runs that are different to your idea. And yeah. the artists that, um, the songwriters that like have a problem with that, or like will go on social media and be like, "You can't. You're ruining my song." Like. I have such a gripe with that because it's not your song anymore. Like, it doesn't belong to you. Like, right. people have the right to join the conversation and to transform something and, you know, give it their own take, so. I like that. Songwriting yeah. as a conversation. Yeah. Okay, talking about the conversation that is songwriting, like, how <laughs> do you even, how do you start? How do I start? Do, do you, obviously you start, I guess you start with words, not a melody, not necessarily a melody. Or does it sometimes, it, it, does it, it change? It really depends. Uh, sometimes, um, the melody comes first to you like you're just in this app and just taking a shower and then you'll hear a melody in your head and you're like oh where's my phone i, I gotta record that or sometimes and that is how iphones get ruined <laughs> yeah <laughs> not these ones the, not these new <laughs> thank god <laughs> the for 11s that. and x's yeah. right but um what was i saying the, the song songwriting yeah process. okay so sometimes it's a melody sometimes it's the chords of the song you'll mm -hmm. just be playing on the guitar like, i really like that or this chord progression makes me feel a certain way sometimes you'll just be really having a bad day and you just want to because I, I like i said i started with poetry so i'll write i'll just write some words on paper and then that turns into a song it really depends and then um you'll record a melody and you'll leave it you know you'll sort of like forget about it for like six months you'll come back to it and then make it a song like right. seven months later so it really depends on what comes first to you. But um, yeah, so there isn't really a process. It, it, <laughs> it's I, just I, sort of like yeah. you just wait for something to, to I happen. I guess because it is a creative process. Yeah. It, it differs vastly depending on, I guess, yeah. the circumstances but, or but, the mood. But, but I will say that, at least for me, it's less about having a process about it and more about being open 
to inspiration, like right. to constantly being like, oh, this is this could be something or this could be something. You know, what, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. right, right, for sure. Okay, yeah. talking about the again, talking about the like like releasing a song and letting go of the song. Yeah. Um, because because when during the finals mm. you you released um an original yeah for your final song and I could not <laughs> stop li- I honestly could yeah. not stop listening to yeah. follow for like <laughs> nasa point na na medyo annoying na <laughs> I, I, I annoyed myself na parang yeah. they are really like there are other songs yeah. you can listen to so does it surprise you though like when your listeners and and because you mentioned like people covering your songs or whatever or different songs. But for listeners, does it surprise you sometimes when they react and perhaps in a way that you didn't think they'd react or like they interpreted the song? Oh yeah, always, always. Right. Like when somebody comes up to me, this is what the song means to me. Because I'm, I, and sometimes I'll go up and actually ask people, I'm like, what does it mean to you? Like, what, is, what does follow mean to you? And it's always a different, it's always a different answer. And I think I really appreciate that. I, pr- I really appreciate that people are able to take this thing that was super personal for me and apply it into their own lives in a completely different way. So it doesn't bother me at all. Right. Like it, yeah. It's, it's okay, so what is follow about? For you, <laughs> It's about, for me, it's about following my dream. That sort of the sense of like having a compass in your life. There's something that like takes you from one place to another. And right. for me, it, it was it was really music because that's, that's why I moved here. I threw away my whole life in the States mm-hmm. to move here and pursue music, even though there were no opportunities for me right. when I booked that one one-way ticket okay we're yeah. gonna talk about that now <laughs> um we're gonna go back to his music don't worry but okay. you were born in the philippines yes i was born in agusan del norte Ooh, <laughs> so you're born in the philippines but you moved to the u.s as a child yeah. you shuttled back and forth mm. right but and then like you mentioned kanina, you booked a one-way ticket back to manila to the philippines mm. what pushed you to finally do that or was it something was it spontaneous or was it something that you actually mulled over for like years or months i I think it was just that sort of internal compass i mean i'd always known like in you know i think maybe not consciously always but like i've always had that feeling of like this is something that i want to do and i think at the point that i moved here it's just like everything just sort of aligned like i just graduated and like I, i was working in this really really it was it was not a fun job as a research as a research research assistant in a food spit science lab that is that is far from what yeah now, very yeah, far yeah, yeah, yeah. and um and I, I think just everything the universe was just sort of like okay this is it like and and i sort of got i sort of picked up that energy and i was like yeah book a one-way ticket and let's go did it take you long to like actually get that to buy that ticket i mean symbolic yun eh, di ba, na parang yeah. Okay, wala na, gumastos ka na, nag-commit ka na to flying back to the Philippines. Like, was it, or was it like, re- was it a fast decision to make that I'm gonna... Uh, well, I, w- I was saving some money from, from my job and I didn't really know what I was saving it for, but I think, <laughs> but I think that really... Like subconsciously. Yeah, subconsciously, that's oh, what it Miguel, was you're gonna, you're gonna fly back. But why the Philippines, though? I, I actually, um, ara- around 2016, I went back to the Philippines for the summer and it was the first time I'd been back in eight years. Was it the first time you were here as an adult? Yeah, as an adult. Okay. And, and That's uh, a very different experience. Yeah, from being very a kid, different experience. And sure. you know what? The energy of the place, like, I mean, obviously the Philippines has its problems, but I yeah. think the energy of the people, it was just so different to me and I, I fell in love with it again. And I knew, I think subconsciously, that like if I were going to move anywhere and be really, truly happy, it would be it would be the Philippines. Did, did it ever also scare you na parang... Because like, okay, you, you might not have enjoyed your past job as much, but you know, it's the 
I guess it's it's a safer path. Like you know, yeah. it, it's a, yeah. it's a stable it's job. Yeah. Like you get a regular salary, mm-hmm. and of course, the entertainment industry, like the music industry, it, it can be a very cruel world. It mm-hmm. can be very unpredictable, right? Mm-hmm. Like, was there ever hesitation in your part, na parang? Like on an economic level, like, am I gonna be fine? Is this gonna be? Yeah. You know what? That's actually a really interesting question because if you ask, um, there are musicians that you can ask that question, and they wouldn't have a choice. Right. They would have, you know, some people aren't just. I I have the privilege of being able right. to do this, you know, right. and really pursue it. You have the choice. Yeah. I have a choice. And I have agency. But I think also, um, I chose to graduate. I chose right. to get my degree, and that's always gonna be with me. Right. You know. So you have a backup. I have a backup. And I don't know, like, before I moved here, I think I just had that overwhelming sense of, like, I don't want to be 75 years old in my deathbed and and thinking to myself, I never gave it a shot. You should have sang or you should have recorded. You should have shot your shot. I'm okay. And I always tell my friends who have, like, aspirations that are, like, out of the ordinary, like, it's okay to fail, but it's not acceptable not to try, you know? Because that would bug you yeah, until yeah. the end of yeah. times, right? Yeah, regret is a killer, so. Right. Okay, talking about moving back, seeing the Philippines again for the first time as an adult, how different was it compared to probably the times that you stayed here as a child? You studied for a bit, you studied here for a bit, right? Mm-hmm. In between during your basic education years. So, mm-hmm. like, how, how was it the same? Was it different? Uh, it's different in the sense that I feel like as a child, um, mm-hmm. going to school here, I had a very, very sheltered childhood mm-hmm. so i didn't really get to experience right. the full the richness the richness of it so yeah okay i want to go back to the process of songwriting did it change when you moved to manila or when you became i guess more immersed in the filipinoness of it all it's a very tough question to answer because <laughs> i think it just changes from the basic fact that every year of my life that i live like i'm a, I'm a different person like you know you're constantly growing so i think your song that those life experiences inform you so i guess yeah in a sense moving here did having the courage to move here and going okay i'm gonna book a one-way ticket and just like go all out i think that informs my songwriting because apparently if if you were able to do that then like yeah yeah any other thing i guess would fail in comparison at this point yeah when you (laughs) like who you're looking at (laughs) yeah i'm looking at them because they know i'm a very particular uh artist when it comes to a lot of things so so i think that fighting spirit Mm -hmm. sort of carries over into a lot of things And then I guess your introduction like to, to mainstream music in the Philippines was yeah. not very subtle. Oh, it yeah. was it was it was intense. I mean yeah. I wouldn't imagine <laughs> like I, I have unfortunately never been in a talent competition, but one day <laughs> we'll see. Uh, you might well, you're Butuanan, so I'm sure you can sing. No. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> no. <it's laughs> yeah. So I would imagine it's intense, right? You're in a competition. Oh, gosh, yeah. Like the yeah. pressure every week, yeah. was it? Like it, it was a weekly... No, no, not elimination every week. But every week, basically your future was to be determined by, yeah, by, yeah. by, by the public. What was it like? I mean, it was, it was very dramatic, right? Like you, you chose to, okay, I'm going to move to the Philippines yeah. and... and, and sh- take a shot at this career and mm. then you find yourself in Idol Philippines and it's it's much more intense, I'm guessing, right? Then maybe someone who would release independently and quietly. What, what was it like? It was very intense. And <laughs> honestly, like every single day that I was still in that competition, I was just always in this constant like state of shock and wonder that like, what am I doing here? Like, what <laughs> am I doing here? Because I came here as a songwriter. I didn't mm. come here as a singer. Right. And so um, I just really felt out of my like a fish out of the water and right. every single every single day I was there I was 
constantly I felt like I was trying to play catch up with mm. these with these guys who who've been in Might competitions been before in, yeah. and like singing is really like their their bag mm. so so for for me yeah it was really intense but it was also such a huge blessing right I find it interesting that you like clearly you consider yourself primarily a songwriter yeah yeah before you're a singer but when you sing uh, like we'll try to insert maybe like a portion oh, of what of either follow or your latest thing. We're going to talk about it later. Um, your voice has this depth to it. Like there, there are textures to your voice. So like, how did you develop that considering that clearly like you put songwriting at the forefront of what you do, but yeah. your singing is like, it's not like, okay, she can sing. You, you can sing. <laughs> right. So how did that develop? Like the whole, like, where do you who are your musical um inspirations or idols yeah um to answer your first question i think it just came from a fact that i wanted to do justice to my own songwriting you know because that's something that i hold to very high like that means a lot to me so i wanted to be able to express my my actual my own songs um and and actually like the, like there have we've had mentors before and we've had mm-hmm. like I've had producers before come up to me and tell me that they think I sound better when I sing my own songs than than when I'm singing other people's songs. You know, I would have to agree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I think it comes from that. It's just that sense of connection that I have to my own songwriting and and oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Agree. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. For me, singing has always been secondary t- right. to my songwriting. Right. It's always been. Uh, a function it's also been a function of the songwriting and so um to answer your second question i listen to a lot of um uh old school soul music aretha franklin yep. stevie wonder because my my, my stepfather yeah. was in the house and those were the kinds of um influences that he set on me <laughs> <laughs> it actually yeah. it, it shows in your music i feel oh, yeah. like your influences and it's interesting that you bring that up because 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 they watched your performances before, yeah. like you weren't. It, it was amazing, but oh nga, when you sang follow, like yeah. you were super into it. I feel like more than the previous, mm. your previous performances yeah. in Idol. That's interesting. Thank you. Huh? How do you know what life experience to impart in a song, or do, do, is there ever a time where you hold back? Na parang no, you know what? I don't want to talk about this part of my life just yet. Like this, ito lang muna or yeah, you know what? That is also a difficult question to answer because, and this is gonna sound really, really crazy and woo woo, <laughs> but like the songs, the songs are kind of like to me they're they're in they're in my head, right? And they incubate in my head. Uh-huh. They're 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 kind of like these these ideas that have to marinate and they have to kailangan silang mahinog. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, then yeah, when yeah. they're ready to go, they're ready to go, and you can. You so you have like incubators. It, in it's your it's, head. it's like a very it's yeah. a very yeah <laughs> incubators, <laughs> yeah, and then like the little okay, chicks just here, yeah here. Okay. hatch. Um, but it's it's a very intuitive process to me, and there's not a lot of logic involved. It's just when when it feels like it's there, it's there, you know. Yeah. But does that become difficult when like of course this is your livelihood as well yeah. like so you have to come up with album the whole process of like eventually coming up with an album planning okay ito yung kanta muna ito yung kanta does that get in the way or does it complement the whole creative process that you have um so i mean i've only i only have one single two singles out so far so like i i can't really speak to how that dynamic plays out in the future but for me that's not necessarily an issue because um 
like I said, I, I try to stay open to life and I try to be able to like channel my life into songs as much as I can. So there's always, I'm always creating. So there's never like a shortage of, of songs. So if, you know, if I feel like this set of songs can be the next album, then I then right. they're ready for that. Are you the kind who literally like, you're walking like in a mall and then something pops in your yes, head? Yes. And do like, you I have bring to, out your phone. Yeah. And I have oh to be like, God. shut up. Like, do not talk to me <laughs> for like five minutes. Like, that I have to get it out of my system and onto paper because so it yeah. takes a certain kind of person to be your friend, I guess. Like, to <laughs> not be offended when you like shut up. Yeah. I have to like okay incubate. It's time to incubate yeah. these thoughts in my head. Okay, we're gonna play a short clip. Okay. Of your latest single, Sana Mayus yung pagka pronounce ko. Chevy. Ikaw na magpronounce. Chevy Cruz. Okay, kasi akala ko may special na pronunciation. Um, to me, the song sounds like it reminds me of strangely enough, a like slow and lazy Sundays in Butuan. Oh, it's very calm. It's yeah, very yeah. relaxing. What what is the song about to you? Let's start with that. Yeah, yeah, you know, honestly, I I produced the song to sound. Well, first of all, the song is about a car. Mm-hmm. Chevy Cruz is a model yeah. of, of Chevrolet cars, and um, I, I I produced this song specifically to sound good in a car. It's it, it's, oh, a dr- it's, for, it's a very driving. Yeah, it's for okay. a driving. It's like a sunset drive. Yeah, okay, sort okay, of experience. I, it. I and, see it. But the song itself is about the lyrics are about um, this relationship I was in that was um, really dysfunctional. Okay. Um, but I couldn't leave. I felt like I was getting swept away. Oh, no. So that was the Chevy Cruze, the car made. The, yeah. the, the car became a metaphor for the relationship where I felt like I was just in the passenger seat and I really had no control because my feelings were taking over and this guy was taking over. And, right. you know, so it was a really sort of, um, what's it called? Restrictive experience. Yeah. Is it cathartic for you when you do come out with this song? Na, na parang, diba? yeah. it, this is obviously a very personal experience, right? Is it part of like also like how you process your feelings when, when you when you write it into a song or you translate it into a song? Uh, yeah, yeah. There will be times when I'm really upset and um, I have to go home and I have to like get it all out, get it out of my head and onto the paper so that it, it doesn't eat me up. Right. So um, yeah, it is. It, songwriting definitely is cathartic and that's, that's something that I think it's true for a lot of songwriters. Yeah. They do it not just, you know, for a living, but also for their mental health, you know, right. like it's, right. it, you know, it keeps you sane. But in the case of Chevy Cruz, it was some time after the relationship and it was just uh, at a point in, in, in my healing that I was sort of able to look back and actually process it without mm-hmm. any biases, without any like rose colored glasses about right. it and be like, okay, this was abusive and this right. happened to me right. and I have to write this down. It's right. my story. Yeah. I just want to insert that in the global pop world, like a lot of icons or like young, young uh, younger icons are coming up with very confessional albums. Yeah. But like you have um, Selena mm. with her album. It's very, it's about the relationship, specifically yeah. one relationship. But the question is, do these things affect you when you do write your songs or when you do conceptualize, okay, ito yung, ito yung kanta na gusto kong ilabas eventually. Yeah. Like, do these external things influence you know oh she's coming out with oh, that with that like yeah. oh you mean like the pressure to be popular the pressure to probably to follow a trend or, yeah to follow a trend um i don't think it's really more of that for me i i just always strive to be um authentic in my writing it right. just has to be able to be relatable and connect to somebody 
but I think sonically, I think sonically, I listen to like what's going on in R and B right now, and it's not that I'm necessarily following like whatever's trendy. Right. I'm just sort of following like whatever I feel like sounds good, right. and so I. It's not that I'm drawing from you know whatever's popular. I'm drawing right. from everything that I, that right. I like. Because yeah. you can't not be influenced yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I mean, like if it if it, that's what populates yeah. the airwaves, like, yeah. you can't help. But I think that's more helpful in terms of what not to do like okay don't uh. do that that's not cool you <laughs> okay. know yeah, yeah i get it i get it but as but as far as um incorporating stuff into my songs it's more about like just following what 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 inspires me so right is there anything that surprised you about being in the music industry oh my gosh like not just being i mean because because yeah. since you were a teen like you you've been a songwriter mm. you've been a singer but iba yung talagang you're in the industry you know like you're signed yeah. you're actually putting out music like, was there anything that shocked you perhaps oh yeah, there's so many things but like <laughs> i don't want to offend <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to offend anybody so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah I, I think it's just a matter of like learn because f- when you're an artist mm-hmm. you, I, I think most if you're really really serious about your art like very few artists uh think about these things and, and right. I, I know a lot of artists actually that like they they feel uncomfortable accepting money for gigs because they're so they feel like they feel like they're, they're selling tainting, their so yeah okay. they're tainting their you know the value of their uh-huh. art like the value of it is artistic and not whatever i don't think that yeah like yeah, pay I mean, me <laughs> i mean you need like you but, uh, need Everyone needs money. Yeah, you shouldn't feel you gotta bad. Eat. No, because you, you shouldn't eat. feel bad about being getting monetary compensation yeah. for your talent. Because that's your commodity, exactly. like you know, the, yeah. in, in this world. Yeah. So I, I think for me, it's it's more about just learning the mechanics of it. Because, yeah. like I said, as, as an artist, I mean, those are things that we never really think about. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the the money involved and yeah. like the promotion and like all the gears that go behind. Because like, you're a brand. You, you, I mean, you yeah, become a brand whether yeah, you like it or like not. For, right? for you, as, as a fresh artist coming into the industry, you're just sort of like, oh, like I just want to make good music and like I just want to, you know, share my art. Mm-hmm. Like that's all you're focused on. And like you don't really understand. Like there's so many. It takes a village, you know. For sure. It takes a village sure. and you know, the village people are going to have <laughs> arguments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of conflict, but yeah. like, um, yeah. So I think that, I think that is what I'm learning is that you have to know how to work with people and you have right, to know how sure. to, you know, get your point across and like stay, you know, at the same time, stay true to what, you know. Because people only see you on stage, but they don't see the the work that goes that behind, goes behind it. every song you know, that you come up artist, with. The makeup artist, the stylist, right, the everything, right. like the promotion. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to Ian. <laughs> no, like even even the pr- like producing a song, right? Like, it's yeah. not just you. Like you have a lot of people working with you yeah. to make sure that your vision. Well, well, in the case of um, in the case of these uh, songs like Chevy Cruise um, and the following songs on this album, I m- made a point to either be the sole producer, okay, or have only a, like a, a another just one other co-producer with me because I really wanted to establish sonically like this is what I sound like right. before before anybody else has, has an opinion it the moon like this is what and I sound like first because it's going to be your yeah. first you don't have a date yet for <laughs> when it's coming up but it, I, I'm guessing within the year yeah I hope so yeah. probably within the year I have another Pahabal question sorry because whenever I talk to people who are Filipino American or Filipino slash half something <laughs> they always talk about being in between spaces mm-hmm. Am I Filipino? Am I American? Am I in between? Mm. Did you ever feel that? 
Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but, but, I, but, 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 but the crazy thing is it's never defined by you. Like it's never, it's always defined by the people around you. So like in the States, for example, I was never American enough. Right. You know? And then when I'm here, I'm never Filipino enough. There's a sense of like never really belonging, but also like, you know, you're not alone. Cause I mean, there's, there's other people that have a right. similar like intersectional right. sort of, um, one foot in right. one and one foot in the other, that sort of experience. So you know you're not alone. So you just kind of have to come to terms with it and understand that, you know, to other people, you might not be this enough. But like in yourself, you know that you're as a whole in yourself, you understand that you're um, you're a sum of parts and you're, right. you're more than just one or the other. And right. you're actually more informed. Th- yeah. Does that inform your artistry? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like um, <laughs> moving to the States and like not being able to completely adjust to like the culture there for a long time that feeling of isolation and loneliness you know that that injects itself into my music you know so yeah definitely like those life experiences inform me you know like the song follow i guess yeah that informs the song follow okay based on what you know about the industry so far mm-hmm. i wouldn't wa- i wouldn't want to presume that you know a lot because like it's it, you're a baby in the yeah, industry yeah. i mean like that's not no shade but i mean a little over a little over a year yeah. and you know based on on your 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 life experience so far like growing up in the Philippines, growing up in the U.S., and now choosing mm-hmm. to work and live in the Philippines. Like, who is the Filipino for you? Who is the Filipino for me? Okay, now, I, I had a I had an <laughs> answer to this earlier, but now that we talked about everything, like, yeah. I'm sort of, um, I'm sort of rethinking, second-guessing myself. First of all, I, is this supposed to be, like, a really short answer? No, you can go as, okay. Okay. as long as you want. For me, Growing up in the States and being so removed from Filipino culture for a long time, because in my high school, like, it, me and my brother were the only Filipino kids in the school, and there were no Filipino neighbors, there were no Filipino anything. Oh, no. So it was always... It must have been so confusing. Yeah, so, so I guess I learned to recognize that sense of Filipino identity that I... And I started to crave it. And so I have this very, I have this very, very weird um, radar for what Filipino is to me that I don't know if I'm able to explain. But it, it just, you go to a store, you talk to somebody and you, you see a product or something, you see somebody have a habit. And that seems superficial, but it gives you that vibe, that energy of like, this feels home to me. So the Philippines has always been home. Like that energy has always felt like home to me. And so... I don't know. Um, I guess who is Filipino to me would be anything or anybody that could give me that energy. But I, but I mean, aside from that, when I went to college, um, I joined uh, a Filipino organization. It was a bunch of like uh, Philam kids that wanted to get in touch with their identity. And we were all like, because we were so deprived of it growing up in the States, we were all super proud about being Filipino as in aggressively proud and we would have like we would do our cultural shows and it would be like the tinikling and like the what what is that was the was the thing yeah so and then uh, we would do like uh there's actually this um Filipino-American uh dance that was invented in California I think or in the states and uh it's called um Kawaiian and you dance with uh, giant bamboo sticks that you like make make, yeah you make beats out of the sticks and you're like half naked on stage but like you make beats out of the sticks and so we have all these cultural things and, and 
so to me, having that in college also defines my idea of a Filipino. To me, a Filipino is somebody who's proud mm. of their culture and like isn't ashamed of them. Because I think I think there's a lot of that. There's yeah, a lot of for sure. uh, no. I think especially for people who migrate or like yeah. Especially if you're stuck in that situation, nga na parang you're Filipino but you're in the U.S. So who am I? Like I think there's sorry, nagi input na ako siya yeah, na go, pero go. I think there's a, there's some sometimes people shy away from that identity to protect themselves. Yeah, it's just better to forget that part of me. That's interesting that you say protect themselves. I like that. Because parang yeah. it's better to forget that for now or permanently. I don't yeah. know. Because it makes life a little less confusing. Let yeah. me just embrace one side of me mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to you know make sense of both sides of me yeah or aside from that i think you know not to get too political here but you know i mean there's a lot of things like white supremacy right do you know what i'm saying right. like there's a lot of yeah, those sure. factors involved for about sure. how we view ourselves as a culture and yeah. like you know how we shame ourselves as a culture mm-hmm. and I, I think um i think for me because i had such different experiences and i i i was surrounded by all these people in college that were extremely proud and and thirsted for for a connection to their filipino roots filipino to me um is somebody who's proud of that and embraces yeah. that and can spin that into something right. valuable yeah right i mean the fact that you chose to move here yeah when you could have stayed in the u.s yeah. i'm guessing i think that's an example of how you define filipino mm-hmm. so, so. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so um, much for having me. If they want to listen to your music after listening to this podcast, um, yeah. where can they listen to your music? Hey guys, uh, my single Chevy Cruise is out now on all digital platforms. Um, social media, if they want to follow you, where yeah. can they follow you? Uh, follow me on Instagram uh, at Miguel Audrin and also on Twitter at Miguel Audrin. And I think on Facebook, what am I? I'm Miguel Audrin Music. Yeah, just look for Miguel Audrin. Thank you for dropping my Rappler. Thank you for listening. Who is the Filipino is a Rappler podcast. It's part of a network of podcasts that cover a range of topics and interests. Anything you want, I am sure we have it. So listen to Inside the Industry, News Break Beyond the Stories, Laffler Talk, I've Got an Opinion, on Spotify, iTunes, on the Rappler website, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Thank you, guys. Bye. (laughs)